Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Tonight, today it is my privilege to introduce the incredibly intelligent, the humble, the cheeky Steve Blake. He heads up Liberty for the Nations. The thing I love about Liberty, Nation, Liberty for the Nations all around the globe, it changes lives materially and spiritually. He's a wonderful man. He's an apostle. Um, Mark and I have great respect for him. On many occasions, he has given us great wisdom. So you've already stood for long enough, but you can stay seated. But let's give him a hand as he comes. The wonderful man of God that he is, Steve Blake. to see you. There are some fantastic things happening around the world. Fantastic moves of God's spirit and it's just tremendous. I remember being here last time when there was a little window and we shared one night about the Holy Spirit and there was quite a beautiful group of indigenous people over one corner and God really touched them and that was at the beginning of a time when God spoke to me about because I can't fly, I can go out and minister in indigenous places. And Wow, how beautiful it is. I'm, this coming weekend I'm out in Burke for a weekend and preaching out there, been right up into um, far northern New South Wales and different places. And I, I didn't mean to start with this, I just want to start with this, okay? Um, hearing God and just listening for him, just listening for him, when you pray, just listen for him. Take time to listen for him. You don't have to do all the talking because he's there to share with you. And he started to speak to me about the brokenness of people in our own uh, indigenous communities. And um, as this was going on, I went into a tile shop where I live, um, not far from here. And um, I'd been doing some work in the yard, and I go really, really dark, dark when I go in the sun. And um, some of my family do because we have a little bit of indigenous in our family, and um, I've never sort of put that as a big thing. It's just that's who I am, and that's good. And I went into the tile shop, and obviously everyone in the shop, there was three people at the counter, and they were all in a really weird frame of mind. And one of them said to me, how come you're so dark? And I said, oh, I go dark in the sun. And one of them said the most horrible thing, oh well, dark skin because you're full of S-H-I-T. I said, excuse me, and they all burst out laughing. And she said it a second time, stronger this time. And I got my stuff and went to the car and burst into tears. Drove home for three days. I just said, God, what is this? And he started to show me what some people put up with in the world based on the colour of their skin 
or based on their uh, background, how quickly people will judge them. I spoke to my daughter, who's actually a lawyer, and I said, what do I do about this? And she gave me somebody to talk to, and I went before the Lord, and he said, forgive them. And I did, and I felt really free of it. And then I really started to pray about going to a certain, up to Bogabilla and preach there. We helped plant a church there um, 17 years ago. And it's going great. And I was praying about it, seeking the Lord. And I was loading one of the shipping containers off to Vanuatu. And we used a friend's industrial place. And loading the container, I was by myself and <clears throat> just finishing off some work. Actually, heaps of tools that came from here that you guys put in to help us with our carpentry training in Vanuatu. You may remember the, that you did that as a church and it was phenomenal, thousands of dollars of beautiful tools. And I'm loading away and I'm saying, Lord, I really feel you calling me out into Bogabilla and then into the broader community, Aboriginal community. And um, I'm praying, Lord, I want you to show me that it's really you. And as I was praying, a young man came up one of the staff of the place, and he was indigenous. And he said, oh, what are you doing here? And I told him we were loading containers and we, the work we do in the Pacific. And, and uh, why do you do that? Oh, because we're a Christian missional organisation. And, and I said, oh, you're, you're indigenous. He said, yeah, mate, yep, yep. And we're talking away. I had a lovely talk, but fantastic young man. And I said, well, actually, while I'm here, I'm praying about whether God wants me to go up to Bogabilla and preach the gospel. And he said, I come from Bogabilla. <laughs> now, Bogabilla's a little town, 350 people, and then there's Tumala Mission with another 150 right nearby. And he said, could you pray for my grandmum when you go up there? So I said, sure I can. He said, she's in the hospital there at Gundawindi, and her name's whatever. And I said, I will. In fact, I said, I'll, I'll find her and I'll pray for her and I'll take a photo with me praying with her and send it to you, which I did. But anyway, he said, oh, she goes to a church there somewhere and her pastor looks after her pretty well. And I said, what is it? Pastor Les. No, I don't think that's his name. Les Hook. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> and so I rang Les and said, I think the Lord's given me my marching orders. So it's been really great too because you sometimes feel like stuck. This is the longest I've been stuck in Australia for 30, 30 years and um, can't go anywhere. Yes, I can. I've had such a good time with my neighbours, such a good time going out with the gospel. Amen. This kingdom that we're in is an incredible kingdom. I want to talk about hosting the kingdom. I know that we've got so little time. But that's what the 8.30, the 8 o'clock service is like. Hosting the kingdom of God. <clears throat> this is what I want to share with you today, what I believe with all of my heart, that we are called into a hosting place when we follow Jesus. We're called into a place of hosting the Holy Spirit in our life. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and he lives in you. You're not your own, you are bought for a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit for they are God's. And there's this hosting of the kingdom of God. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That which fills heaven comes upon us. As we pray, we have this license to pray because of the very first word, our Father. And this is our relationship into the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom really? If you actually look at the word kingdom, it is reign, R-E-I-G-N, reign. The reign of God. The kingdom of God is anywhere that God reigns. Where his kingdom comes, where he reigns and his will is done, that's the kingdom of God. It's as simple as that. People think about all the earthly parts to it, the structure of it, what it would look like, the physical positioning of it. And it's none of that. It's actually where God reigns. It's a heavenly kingdom in that way. God reigns here in the earth as he does in heaven, wherever the will of God is done. Now, just want to, I've got to really progress, okay? One of the things that passages that I've realised hasn't really been expounded much is when Jesus was with the disciples on the day of the Passover. It's called the Last Supper. And you know the story. It's a beautiful story. It's in Luke chapter 22, verse 29. And he sat there and he spoke, this bread is my body which is broken. This cup is the blood of the new covenant. And he looked upon his disciples and he said to them, and I bestow on you a kingdom, just as the Father has bestowed a kingdom on me. As just this one verse is incredibly rich. He's saying exactly the same as I carry the kingdom of the reign of God, I'm now bestowing it on you. And I'm thinking of these 12 disciples sitting there who'd been with Jesus for three or three and a half years. And the time had come for him to now bestow upon them the kingdom, the reign of God upon their lives, within their lives, giving them the authority to, to carry the kingdom of God everywhere that they went. And that's a beautiful potential. I bestow a kingdom upon you. And it was the same day, actually, that Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane and by midnight that night, he was standing before the high priest and he was going towards his crucifixion. And there in that tremendous story of Jesus in the garden from John chapter 17, verse 4 and 5, Jesus, this is the night of that Passover supper. This is the night that Jesus had said to the disciples, I bestow upon you a kingdom as the Father has bestowed a kingdom upon me. And now Jesus prays here in John chapter 17 from verse 4, I've glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now this, this is so rich. What, what was the finished work? Where did it finish? What were the last things that he did? As you go on in John chapter 17, we won't take time to, to really ponder this much further. But as you go into John 17 from verse 18, and he's praying for us now. He's praying for both those disciples who were with him there, and he's also praying for those who would come to him, which includes us. 
The finished work of Jesus over the disciples' lives was the last work that he did for them was to bestow upon them the kingdom and then to pray them into the fullness of it, which he did now when he prayed in these ways. From John 17, 18, I sent, as you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. So he put the same calling upon them, which was upon him. You go further down in verse 20. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but for all those who will believe in me through your word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. This is not an ecumenical statement where the Baptists get on well with the, with the Catholics and it's not an ecumenical thing. It's not like trying to get the um, Anglicans to, to agree with you know, the uniting church. That's, that's not what he's talking about. It's not oneness in an ecumenical sense. The total purpose here is that the exact same union of the Father and the Son would now be upon us in Christ and in our Father. That we come into the same union of oneness with the Father. So now this finished work that Jesus, the last work of Jesus, not only to bestow the kingdom on them, but was to now pray over these things. Before the Father, this is what I've done, Father. I've brought them into this oneness with you and with me, that they are together in one in me. Oh, this kingdom is the kingdom where we are united to our Father. Isn't that fantastic? To the reign of our heavenly Father. And he went on. Not only the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now he says, from verse 23, 24, he says, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, and you've loved them as you have loved me. Whew. Ooh, grab that for a second. Your heavenly father loving you in the same way, in the same love that he loves his son. Could that be? You have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire also that they whom you have given me may be where I am and that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. This is the eternal love of God that Jesus has prayed us into the same love. We talked about the same calling and we talked about the same glory. Now we're talking about the same dimension of love. And in this kingdom, even Colossians chapter 1 speaks about it. I haven't got it on the slide, but it says that he has conveyed us in to the kingdom of the son of his love. These are beautiful words and these are true. When you are in Christ... You are carriers and hosters of the kingdom of God, the reign of God around your life, within your life, all over your life. I believe it. Not only did Jesus say, you love me before the foundation of the world, he said in verse 26, and I've declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them 
and I in them. Now listen to this. Those disciples that Jesus imparted and bestowed the kingdom, they were still working through lots of things. You know, they'd consistently thought about the kingdom in terms of structure and status and earthly realms. Even after three years with Jesus, they still had this picture of something that you could touch or see or smell or feel. But the Bible says, for as he is, so are we in this world. This is what Jesus wanted them to understand when he didn't have to say, as the Father bestowed a kingdom on me. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said, I bestow upon you the kingdom. But he wanted them to understand. He wants us to understand today. He just doesn't say, I bestow on you a kingdom. He says, I bestow on you a kingdom just as the Father has bestowed the kingdom on me. I just wrote this this morning. I read it from the Passion Translation early this morning. And I think it's just so complete, this picture. The sending, the glory and the love that we've been prayed into. It says here from, the, from 1 John chapter 4, from verse 16 and 17, just listen to these words. We've come into an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love and those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us. By living in God, love has brought its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it just makes me burst open. Makes me understand why he talks to me. Makes me understand why he lets me see miraculous and glorious things. What we're seeing at the moment in Turkey with the gospel with the planting of new works in the middle of this pandemic in a country that's been suffering under it and new things springing to life. It makes me just full of joy to understand that, that I'm walking in the kingdom. I'm hosting the kingdom of God, the reign of God over my life, within my life, through my life. Why? Because I know that he loves me. Even faith works by love. Everything in this kingdom works through the love of God. Hallelujah. Like the brother said who did the little offering talk this morning, you know. Something connects with the world when they experience God's love through us. And knowing these words... Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. It changes everything. For me it does. How I view my life in Christ. 
how I view the things that he calls me to do and where my capacity and strength comes from. Where my words will come from, where the wisdom will come from, where the mercy will come from. It's because I'm in him. And he's in me. And Jesus has prayed us into this. He has bestowed a kingdom upon us. The kingdom of the reign of God within our lives. And so I'm going to finish with one parable. I was going to say three things about the kingdom, but I'll say one. Think about this little parable that Jesus brought to us in Matthew 13:44. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid that. And for the joy of finding that treasure, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Jesus began with his disciples with parables like this. He began with them with speaking in parables. He went on the, the next verse. He said, it's like a, a pearl merchant was offered a pearl which was like no other on the earth. And he gave, he sold everything and purchased that pearl. And Jesus spoke in these parables for people to get the picture of his kingdom. Before he bestowed, he started to teach and show. And sometimes as, as Christians, we don't come into the fullness until we sort of start to understand. It's true, actually. You can only come into what you can walk with, what you can perceive in God. And he said this beautiful parable about the treasure hidden in the field, selling everything. We know what that's like. I know what it's like when a young Muslim person comes to Christ in an Islamic country. I led some young men to Christ in an Islamic country a couple of years ago, three young men. And I said to them, you know the cost of this, don't you? They said, we don't care. We know what we've found. We know what we've found. It's going to cost you your future, your family. It's going to cost you the chance to get a decent job or even own your own home. It's going to cost you. We don't care. We know what we've found. And we often talk about this, about how there's this tremendous cost to the kingdom. But imagine with this parable, if Jesus is describing what the kingdom is like, some old theologians looked at it this way. It's a story about Jesus. He came into this, into this world, into this field, and there he found the most precious treasure of all, souls that were lost. Souls that were hidden in darkness. Souls that he discovered. And such value on those souls that he gave everything. And purchased the field. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think about? What if it's talking about what Jesus did? And the Father bestowed the kingdom on him. 
as he gave everything and purchased not only the treasure, but the entire field. And what if when he bestows the kingdom on us, it can become the same picture? Suddenly we discover the greatest things, the most treasured things. And for the joy of understanding that if I lay down my life, I can purchase this field. I can have this treasure. And that's just the start. That's just the parable. And what if the greatest treasure I could give you today is to drop into your soul the truth that Jesus came and saved you and loved you and forgave you. That he may bestow upon your life the reign of God all over you. Stronger than your tendencies and your weaknesses. Greater than your greatest thoughts. More powerful than your desires. I bestow on you a kingdom. Just as the Father bestowed a kingdom on me. Would you like to, in a sense, reach out for that? this morning just where you are let's stand up together shall we and if you would like to just raise your hands to the Lord and say this is your kingdom where you reign where your will is done and Father I want to lose all that I am and have that this kingdom this kingdom may be mine within me that I may host you in this life to carry God reigns here. Within me. Within us. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. glorified through us Lord in Jesus name
how beautiful. I feel like I'm seeing you through the eyes of God at the moment and the joy of the Lord over you all. How much he loves you. Placed his glory on you. Bestowed upon you his kingdom. There may be somebody here today who's just not personally received Christ. In this atmosphere, you can receive him right where you are. Like this, Jesus, I put my trust in you. I believe that you came for me. Son of God given for me. And I receive you as my Lord and my God. Cleanse me of all of my past. Make me a new person, I pray. Cleanse me through your offering for my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Just say that in your heart to him. I know there's people who prayed that this morning. I'd really encourage you to tell the person near you or next to you or come and tell me after the service. Tell me about Tell me because I know, I know that a transfer has taken place. You've lived your life in a sense of the kingdom that you would like to have and now God says, take this. This is where it all starts. God bless you, everyone. The Lord bless you richly and wonderfully bless you and go as those who are hosting the reign of God. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.